Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gardner Carney Leadership Institute podcast. The GCLI has developed a pedagogy of leadership which combines brain science, leadership studies, cultural competency, and developmental psychology. Its mission is to teach teachers to teach leadership to students. This is your go-to podcast for discussions, tips, and stories for leadership and leadership education. And I am your host, Catherine Birdie, but please call me Birdie. Our world is in dire need of people just like you, people who are committed to building communities of leaders, young and old. So let's get busy leading the next generation of leaders, and thank you for joining us. Hello, GCLI. It's Birdie here. Welcome to the GCLI podcast. I am so excited to have our guest on today. Today we have Deb Borden. She is the Director of Programs and Research at the Pennsylvania Association of Independent Schools. So without further ado, I'm going to let her tell us a little bit more about what she does with PAIS and what brought her to PAIS. Hi, Deb. Hi, Birdie. Um, So I I guess this is me introducing myself. Um, I have been with PAIS for about two years, and I really develop and facilitate the professional learning programs for administrators and staff and teachers at our schools. And we have 119 member schools. Um, My background has been in independent schools. So I have taught actually pre-K through 12th graders. Um, I've also been an administrator. I ran a middle school and I was associate head of a school. So I have a lot of background, um, you know, in terms of curriculum development and um, just assessment and professional learning that I'm bringing with me to PAIS. Well, I'm, they're lucky to have you. I was, um, we were talking in an earlier conversation about the importance of mission statements. And I love a good mission statement. Uh, When I'm introducing educators, I often start with the mission statement because somewhere in there, I know it must resonate with the teacher and hopefully that trickles down to the students. So um, topically today, we've decided to talk about mission statements and how it can um, draw out student voice or which of course then leads to leadership opportunities for all. Can you um, can you give us a little bit of, um, I guess, background or um, any of your research that you um, that you look to when you look at mission statements in the accreditation process for your schools? Sure. So um, mission statements are truly important to independent schools. All of our independent schools have them and live them. Um, most people in a school know their mission statement and do spend time breaking it apart and connecting it and aligning it to their program. So in the accreditation process, um, we do make sure that schools are living and actualizing um, that their mission in their program, in their curriculum, in their, the ways that they assess um, you know, all kinds, there are extracurriculars. So we really do start with the mission and we have a standard in our accreditation process that's actually titled vision, mission, and core values. And it, it really leads the entire um, self-study. So we look at a school's mission and we look for those indicators of where they are living it. Do you have any schools or 
any examples of mission statements that have been, in your opinion, effective in in drawing out that that the living of just it's not words on a page anymore. It's actually how how a school um, sets forth curricula and extracurriculars for students. I do, um, and also you know really connecting mission to like student voice and student agency and developing leaders of our in our students. So I, I do have some examples that I'd like to share. Um, so I was at the Shipley School in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania for 19 years. And a part of their mission statement um, is to develop a desire for compassionate participation in the world. And I do believe that begins within the school community, um, especially that compassionate participation piece, and then sends a child out into the world to live it. Um, Another one I love is the Philadelphia School. Their mission statement says that they educate students for a future that is impossible to know, but not impossible to shape. So again, I, I think it really reinforces a person's responsibility to participate in in the world and to be a leader and to you know lead and serve in the world. I love both of those examples and I think any teacher listening they will resonate too because I think when we go into this work we're we are looking for that type of idealism in a way um, and, and they are um, I think that's one of the the things that I'm a dreamer and I love, I love to think about, um, I'm a glass half full person, Mm -hmm. maybe to a fault, but, um, when that, how do, how do schools make that idealism more practical and, and realized? What are some examples of how they come to life and just, um, in the life of a school, um, are they best when you look at the, the self studies, are they best realized through, academics or extracurriculars? What's the best way for you to determine whether or not it's actually being um, played out in in the real world? Yeah. So um, in, in terms of the accreditation process, there's some wording that, you know, I'll share. And, you know, we affirm um, and make sure that a school is um, defending the dignity and worthiness of each member of the community. Um, Most schools, and and I I know in my experience, it's the independent school world really does value each student. Um, The individual matters. Um, Independent schools also build competence and confidence in our students. And a lot of that is due to smaller class sizes and the teachers really getting to know the students. Um, Other ways that accreditation, I believe, ensures that schools live their mission is that they make sure that the environment is safe and nurturing. Um, Again, where that individual is valued, um, allowing students to grow in autonomy and help students make responsible choices. Choice is always part of a, a, a child's experience in independent schools um, and develop that you know, sense of belonging and that their voice matters and also impacts others. At the GCLI, we talk about those choices often as teachable moments, especially maybe when the choice was not the most 
prudent decision on the student's part. Um, teachable moments, though, are, I mean, I, I remember loving several conversations post-teachable moment when I needed to hear maybe an, a, where a choice may have been maybe the wrong choice at the time at that time. So I guess the schools, um, as part of the educational process, the accreditation process, do, um, do you have to give them feedback that kind of creates teachable moments for schools to really rethink how they're living their mission? Yes. Um, so our, the first part of an accreditation process is a very um, thorough self-study. That provides like a framework for the evaluation team to go in um, and assess a school. And they actually stay two or three full days. Um, They visit every class and they really do see if what they say they are, they are. Um, So the follow-up is um, we commend schools. So we give them commendations and then we also give them um, um, recommendations and we follow up a year from the evaluation, and then there's an interim, and then the full scales every 10 years. So yes, I I do believe we give them really good and authentic feedback. The visiting teams can be anywhere from like six to up to 15 people. It really depends on the size of the school, but we try to bring in people that know the school, that type of school, and our evaluation teams are always a a combination of administrators and teachers. That's great. And then how the, the, the excuse me, guys, did the students actually have um, a part to play in the accreditation process? And how do you see them leading in that process? So the students play a minor role. Um, the visiting team will always meet with the students um, and then they get to see the students in action in all the classrooms. So every classroom is visited during the process. That's great. I think um, I've been a part of a couple of accreditation teams and I really um, I really valued what I learned. Um, mm-hmm. Both as a member of the, uh, when I was in the classroom and then when I would visit other schools, it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice do you have to teachers who um, who may have just gotten caught up in the day to day and are busy doing their job? How how can they remember to turn back to that mission and see it realized as a way to help teach help students learn how to lead? Yeah, well, I mean, the mission is 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 always, you know, the grounding principles by which the school um, exists. And it, I think especially whenever there is conflict or pushback or, you know, some other significant challenge they're facing, to rely on the mission is really helpful. And actually to say that, you know, so um, with students, I do think the students need to understand a, a school's mission. The parents definitely need to understand a school's mission. And often that's why a parent chooses a particular school because of their mission. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, that, that teachers always centering the student and elevating the student's voice and, and amplifying that, um, you know, teaching those leadership skills that they will take with them, um, not, you know, beyond their classroom, maybe to the next grade level, and then eventually outside 
of the school, um, helping kids develop, you know, goals and act on those goals and reflect on those goals. Like, you know, that that's all um, and believe in themselves and believe in that they can attain goals. So I think that's all the responsibility of teachers in terms of um, helping students connect to the mission of the school, but also, you know, to elevate their voice and build their ability to lead. Absolutely. Like, and I'm thinking of student voice, you know, it's not just, I mean, it's now a voice on social media platforms, it's voices in the classroom, it's voices outside of the classroom on sports teams. And it's not just what they're saying, it's also how they're living their lives. Um, How have you seen leadership around technology and diversity coming from students? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think students, more than the adults in the community, are are totally connected to technology and also want to talk uh, about diversity and, and inclusion and belonging. So uh, in regards to those topics, I believe teachers take the lead, you know, from the students. Um, students want to talk about these topics. They want to be involved and connected to these topics. And they know what's going on. Um, so I, you know, it's it, it's part of their world. So in terms of building agency, it's all about what's re- relevant to the student. Technology is relevant. All of the facets of diversity, inclusion, and belonging, um, social justice, all that is very relevant to the student's world. I am just always amazed at how much I learn from students. I am currently working with students from about, let's see, I guess 19 different schools, all Mm. different backgrounds. And the one common thing that they have in common is is just that. Um, They absolutely want to talk about how they are alike and how they are different. I'm so lucky that I I get to learn from in this way, but the other way is through technology. And to a person, it's, it's 35 kids. I think they um, they all agree that it's not always good for them, mm-hmm. but it's also a place where they can um, really make an impact when it's done wisely and well. So um, I agree. I think that that um, that we as adults have a lot to learn from students' use of technology and what they have to say about diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, all of it. Are there schools um, in your network that have really, that are doing um, DEI work particularly well? What do you, what in your, you don't have to name the names of the schools, but do they, um, what are you seeing that actually works better than, than in schools that may have not quite caught up in that those spaces. Yeah, well, well, certainly independent schools have the ability to talk about these issues um, and to say they value them, and it's you know part of their guiding principles. So um, that that truly helps. Um, I do think our schools are doing good work in this area. I I do think people are realizing that it's the work of everyone. Um, you know, many of our schools have DEI directors and um, they certainly are, are, are truly important, but it's 
the work of everyone in the school to actualize um, the DEI principles. And until you, you know, really, um, I don't, you wouldn't meet the goals, but really work towards meeting the goals of, of in DEI. That's when belonging happens, and everyone wants to belong. And you know, I I do think our communities are ones where diversity is valued, and you know they they are inclusive, and um, you know equitable, and that is leading to um, belonging. And then also that students do act on social justice um, issues. And they feel they can, they're empowered to do so. And they have a voice and what they say matters. And and I, I do feel that students these days are extremely aware. Technology, you know, makes them aware. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a tough world right now. And, and I do feel that it's very important for students to talk about social justice issues and to, you know, for them to feel they can make a difference. And, and finding the organizations and connecting them with the organizations, maybe outside of the schools and the activities outside of the schools that help them articulate their their voices, their opinions, their their dreams for the future so that they, they can't. I love the mission statement. What was it? You can't a dream that we can't imagine, but we can imagine um, how to make a difference. Something like that. So good. Um, you know, I mean, they have to get out there and try and yeah. maybe even fail and then step back up and do it again it's that's just great what was the mission statement again it, is it the one that um to um educate children for a future that is impossible to know but not impossible to shape i love it i love yeah. love yeah. love it that is, yeah 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 i mean so, change makers right they they really they do, do want to make a difference they do and then you know, it's often they don't know where to start. Um, mm -hmm. And that confidence that comes through the belonging and that the agency and the voice, um, it's just, I think one step leads to another to another. And I think that's what I love so much about the DCLI and, and other professional organizations that remind us of the, the, the importance of the work we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, we want to educate them to be as competent and confident in the classroom, but the work they can do outside of the classroom is, I think, equally, if not more so, important to the work of leadership development. Mm -hmm. So I really cannot thank you enough for being here and sharing this work. Um, I understand you're doing a little bit of work with the DCLI. Can you give us a little bit of information about your collaboration? Sure. So um, I am a GCLI alum. And when I started in this position, GCLI was an organization that I knew I wanted to work with. So I reached out to um, Jeremy Lacasse and we have met and, and planned a program for the spring. And it's all it's a professional learning cohort. So it will be the same group that meets multiple times, and it's all about building student leaders. Does the Pennsylvania Association of Independent Schools have a website that we can point people to? We do. It's um, paispa.org. Awesome. Well, we will put those in the show notes, and I really cannot thank you enough for being here and sharing uh, this important message with all of us as we start this new 
new 2023 year, midway through the school year, it's always great to remember kind of what, what makes a school tick. And I absolutely believe that a mission statement does just that. Thank you so much, Deb. Well, thank you, Birdie. Thank y'all for joining us today, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Until then, visit us at gcliadership.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You'll find all of our links at the bottom of our podcast. And until then, lead on.